Welcome to ConExpo ConAg Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers with your host, Peggy Smedley. This is ConExpo ConAg Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. I'm your host, Peggy Smedley. We have a great show for you today, and we are going to be talking all about technology advances in mining equipment. But first, we want to remind you to subscribe to our 365 e-newsletter, and this can help you really stay up to date on the technologies and trends impacting construction. And you can do that by visiting conexpoconag.com slash subscribe. And there's a lot of great information up there. So take a look. As I have already mentioned many times before, today we'll be talking all about the technology that is disrupting and even advances in mining equipment. Mining construction has evolved significantly in recent years. And today there's a wide variety of new equipment and technology that can be used for exploration and mining construction. And this includes drones, satellite, autonomous trucks, drills, and so much more. The end result is a more efficient, accurate, and sustainable project, and this is all achieved with a little help from technology. Today, we'll narrow in specifically on some of the latest technology advances in mining equipment. Our guest today will help us take a deeper dive into how safety and GPS are playing a greater role at some of our job sites, and that means looking at how each worker will be influenced by what these solutions can provide. So to help our discussion, please welcome Steve Heap, who's the Vice President of Commercialization for Specialty Excavation, Pipeline Recycling, and Forestry at Vermeer. Steve, welcome to the show. Hi, Peggy. Thanks for having me. So, Steve, there's a lot of things happening today, especially in mining, and I thought we would start the show off a little bit by really talking the number one thing that I think all of us think about in construction, and that's safety. And I think safety is a high concern when we think about mining, and it's the overall, I think, arching concern right now that's come to mind when we think about dust, right? Because we have regulations and some of the technology advances, and even in the equipment, as you equipment manufacturers are doing to ensure, I think, all of these safe practices. And we've talked a lot about it on this show. We've, ta- we've done several articles. But I'd love to hear from your perspective what you think needs to be done and what is being done. Yeah, absolutely, um, Peggy. Um, operator safety, and I'd take it a step further and say the operator comfort um, as they do their job every day is absolutely fundamental. And uh, what we see happening in, in the industry is that manufacturers are uh, putting a high priority on protecting the operator, not just from the safety hazards of the job, but protecting them from the environmental elements uh, on job sites as well. And so that includes everything from dust to noise to vibration, and and there's different methods of addressing each of those environmental um, conditions that the operator typically faces. And when we think about that right now, and I thought it was interesting that you mentioned this whole idea of operator safety and comfort, because I think right now when we look at how technology is changing and being in the cab of a piece of equipment, we, we need to make sure that our, our workers are comfortable but safe. And I think that's a great perspective that you have on that. Why, why did you mention that? Because I, I think that makes us think a little bit differently when we think about how a operator would think because there's a lot of fatigue when we think about the job site and that leads to a lot of accidents at times. So comfort, you know, plays an important role in that. And that was really interesting that you brought that up. 
Yeah, so, you know, comfort, um, there, there's a fine line there because you want the operator to come to, to work with a peace of mind knowing that their safety is the highest priority, but then you want them to be comfortable for the reasons you mentioned, fatigue being one of them, um, but ultimately a comfortable, you might say, happy operator is a better operator. And so if you can give him working conditions where he is protected from the elements, uh, where he's in a sealed uh, climate-controlled cab, uh, where vibration is is minimized, where he is not exposed unduly to to dust. Those are all factors that will make him operate in a more comfortable and and ultimately more productive um, situation. And and we look at that. Talk about that now, because we've seen some really big advances, technological advance, advances. We talk about that happier operator, comfort, safety. What are some of the things that we're doing right now to make sure that our operators are doing some things in, in with the technology that's making them safe and comfortable? Because you've done some amazing things that are are out there to make sure the site is better, the materials are better, but they're all before they even get to that job. And I think that's a critical point that we need to mention. Yeah. Um, so in our case, uh, you know, for years now we've had um sealed climate controlled cabs and and that's really a, a basic in the industry but we have over the last several years focused on dust specifically and dust suppression um our technology allows for the cut or the uh, production of the mined material to occur in a very um, contained envelope and so rather than a drill and blast operation where you have dust being created over a large area, a large surface. In our case, the cutting is occurring in a small area, and so we have developed uh, some very unique vacuum technology that is very effective in, in dust, dust suppression. Uh, that combined with a sealed cab uh, virtually eliminates the operator's exposure to, to dust. The, the vacuum um, is, in, in our calculations, very effective, 90% plus um, dust suppression. And um, as opposed to using traditional dust suppression methods of, of water or even foam, um, the dust is collected and then deposited back on the mine floor instead of being released in, into the atmosphere. And when you look at that, when you're talking about being able to do these things right now, we're really talking about not only making things safe for the workers, we're also talking about how it's it's reducing the noise on the job site. We're also talking about the performance of what we're doing because we're creating this precision surface mining that's happening. So there's a lot of things that are happening on the job site with what you're doing, correct? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we, we've considered that we have four different, uh, fundamental elements or, or pillars in our mining technology. Um, and those are the operator comfort and safety. And again, we've talked about that as being number one. And then the predictability of production rates and costs is another path that we're on, uh, delivering that predictability. The precision aspect that you mentioned is is one that we're highly focused on, and then finally, and and maybe um, uh, very importantly, is autonomy. And there's some crossover between 
those four pillars. Um, but those are all four areas that, that we're working on. The predictability of production rates and, and costs is, is a big technological play because it involves taking samples from literally around the world, and by samples I mean core samples of materials, doing extensive testing on them, creating a, a database that you can then cross-reference, and when you receive similar samples, then you can start to predict what a customer's production rates and, and costs are going to be based off that research and the, the tests that have been done on similar samples from elsewhere. So you're actually talking about extracting, you know, this waste and, and varying chemistry to be able to ter- determine long-term decisions at a site is what you're talking about from one location to another and be able to figure out how a company is going to make or save money overall when they're looking at that and that predictability. Right. right. Yeah. And, and, and what we, what we've done and, and others have done similar things is over the course of the last 15 years, we have had um, equipment and our technology working in different conditions around the world. And so as we have been in those conditions, we have asked in advance of our machines being deployed to those sites that the, that the, the operator, the mine owner, send us core samples. And we give them the specifications for what those core samples need to look like. And they send them back. We put them into what we call a, a rock lab, and we run multiple tests, everything from hardness to abrasivity, um, uh, energy index. And then we, based on that, can give back to the customer a prediction of what their production rates will be, and ultimately they plug that into their cost structure and it gives them a prediction of what they can expect their extraction costs to be in, in those conditions. So in time, looking at this, when you talk about these hard tests and these energy index and all of this, will you be able to apply what we're seeing as advances with machine learning to reduce, let's say, labor costs and as you're collecting all this data and sharing it through the cloud with what you're doing with the extraction that you just described, because it seems to me that that's what you would be able to do in time as you transition with all of this technology to give, you know, your high performance that you just described. It's, it seems to me as I'm hearing you talk. Yeah, and, and that's exactly uh, what we have been doing. And, and like you said, it's an accumulation of expertise and, and data that allows you then to, um, with a high degree of, of accuracy, predict what a certain technology or a certain certain cutting method will do in in various materials. And so you get to a point where um, it's not you know it, it's not the results that you're measuring; it's actually the um, performance in advance that you're able to to predict and. That's especially important in our method of, of mining because we're going after, you know, what you referred to earlier as a precision method of mining. So a, a miner typically has a specific ore or a specific body of ore that they are targeting and um, to get at it, they, they need to remove other materials. You might um, refer to it as overburden um, or waste and 
our um, approach to it is if we can help them get to that specific body of ore and extract it as um, as exclusively as possible, so with as little disruption to the other surrounding soils and and vegetation even, then that ultimately is is more sustainable and and um, you know where we are trying to drive the mining industry. And it's interesting because hearing you talk is the development of all this high performance equipment and machine learning. I think it sounds like as as you've developed all of this, you've made it possible to extract ores from all these declining grades without disrupting the environment that you're talking about. And as time goes on, it seems like it'll do it more fat, more efficiently, more productively, and in a safer way for all of the workers on the job site. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and the <clears throat> what it starts to do is it starts to build a path towards autonomy. So if you know what you're going after, um, you know, if you know what bore, what ore you're going after, and if you have a uh, reliable prediction of what your cost and, and productivity is going to be, um, you start to take the machines from being, um, you might say, lever-operated, where the operator is simply pulling on a lever and, and expecting a certain result. You start to get into electrical controls, and those controls go from just measuring to now monitoring and eventually to prompting. So what, what happens in the evolution of the machine is that where the operator in the past would have pulled a lever and pushed that machine until it went over to relief or until it reached its maximum capacity and literally stalled out, and then he would back up and and try the same thing again repeatedly. Now you give him um, initially some control, uh, variable control, and then the machine is monitored because you have the sensors added to the equation and you start to build, you mentioned, the, the intelligence into it. And now we actually have machines that will prompt the operator to uh, take a specific step. For example, if the machine knows that it would be more productive if the tracks were moving at a slightly higher speed, on the the screen, the machine will tell the operator, increase your track speed or decrease your cutter speed or raise your drum by half an inch. And and so we're, you're now into a, a situation where the machine is, is literally telling the operator, do this to increase your productivity. Now, you don't take the human element out of it entirely because at times the the operator knows something that the machine doesn't, and so you give him the ability to intervene and ignore the prompt, but the machine makes a record of that, and at the, the central base where the machine is being monitored remotely, um, there's a notification that in that specific case, the operator has chosen to ignore a prompt. So you just described how artificial intelligence is really positively impacting what's happening at mining in, in such a, an aggressive way that what we think about in our driverless cars is really happening in the mining industry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and and in the trade media already, um, you know, for a while now you've heard or you've seen the stories of the autonomous haul trucks in, in the mines, 
and uh, that that autonomy is is now moving into the actual extraction process. So, you know, any time that you can add to a operator's expertise the benefit of artificial intelligence, then you you kind of you know you have a double whammy there. The the operator often again knows um, just from personal experience what works, but if he is aided by a machine that is telling him or prompting him, reminding him to do certain things, then it just, um, the benefits compound themselves. So do we see all these advances being installed on, as you just described, surface excavation machines? Are there other things that will take place? So we've talked about machine learning. We've talked about AI. Where more in autonomy? Where do you see other advances changing what's happening on excavation because we we want to eliminate dust we want to improve the safety we want we understand i know we get nervous when we talk about taking the worker out of the job site but we're not we're saying they're working side by side to make things safer and more efficient how do you see more technology involving in that excavation process that you just described well i i would go back to the uh the precision aspect of it. So um, if you can target specifically um, the the ore body that you're after or the the material that you're after and and you have technology that lets you focus in on that specifically, um, then that's a benefit. That that's more sustainable. It's it's less disruptive to to the environment. Um, you know, we we like to think of it as if you're trying to do, for example, a, a wood carving, and you go at that wood carving with an axe. Um, you'll, you know, you can do something, uh, and and ultimately end up with a wood carving. But if you go at it with a uh, sharp blades and and chisels, you'll end up with a much better final product and and rendition of what you're looking for. And so precision mining is is that it's it's the precision it's going after specifically what you want as opposed to some other technologies where you know drill and blast for example you're you're affecting a much larger area than that ore body that you're targeting you just described in, in my perspective a little bit that we can actually help train some of the workers with this technology there's a great opportunity to train our next generation about this great technology on the job site of what can be happening here in a whole different way than what we knew in the past, correct? Or what's yeah. your thoughts? Yeah, yeah. You, t- you talk about um, the lack of um, operators just being widespread, and and we we hear it constantly um, that qualified operators willing to go do the work um, that traditionally needs to be done in a mining environment and um, if you can make it more comfortable make it safer um, make the individual feel like um, their value is is not dismissed because they still have a say in, in how the the work gets done and you put them in a situation where they can do that work out of harm's way, so they're not even in the cab now because they're operating the machine from a, a remote location. The machine is talking back to them and saying, you know, I think this may be um, something that we should try, or, you know, they feel like they're interacting with the machine and not 
they're not losing control of of it, then it just lends itself to a generation that, frankly, has grown up playing video games. So do you think companies are pretty quick to adopt then this new emerging technology that we're just describing because we have a generation that gets it? You know, it's, I don't want to say a joystick. I'm not even sure what we call it in the cab these days. But what what do you think companies need to understand? This generation is easy to understand it. Are companies now starting to embrace it and say we have to do it because this is how we're going to compete? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it they you see it um if you attend any of the the major trade shows the technology aspect of of mining is is front and center um whether it's the the GPS controllability uh again whether it's the the remote aspect of being able to to operate the the machines from a you know from a, a safe clean air conditioned environment away from from the mine site whether it's the Autonomy of the haul trucks um, taking the material from the pit to um, a secondary processing center. The technology is is widespread. It's growing, um, and you you jokingly um, said you didn't know whether to call it a joystick or not. But in many cases, that's what it's become. It's an operator sitting in a comfortable. Um, seat and with a joystick in in one or both of his hands looking at a screen and and targeting the the material that he needs to extract from a, a mine. So I guess what I would say, Steve, to kind of close out today, what should companies keep in mind as they're adopting all this new technology in, in mining equipment? Is it that it's it's the future and it's really going to keep the job site safety, it's going to, those four pillars you kind of described, are, are those the most important that they need to think about? It's the autonomy, it's the predictability, it's the cost. Are those really the most important as we go forward? Yeah, um, those are those are important, but I think there also needs to be um, an ecosphere that is uh, open, you know, kind of open platform approach to things to the you know as as manufacturers we need to to realize that our our equipment is interacting with the the mine itself it's interacting with other equipment on site there's a human element and so there needs to be a, a level of open platform and and collaboration that is somewhat counterintuitive to a, a manufacturer mindset where you know we'd like to keep things proprietary but an open platform allows for the integration of technologies as they come along and uh there you you just need to have that so the gps needs to speak to the machine um, the machine needs to talk to the haul truck. The operator that's running all this remotely needs to to be able to interact with all of it cohesively rather than independently one from the other. So a level of collaboration and open, open platform is something that I think is going to be fundamental as additional technologies come online. Well, Steve Heap from Vermeer, thank you so much. I really agree and, and appreciate all your comments today. Yep. Thank you, Peggy. All right, there you have it. There's a lot of great new advances on mining equipment, and they're truly taking off. We will see some greater efficiency and greater safety on the job site as we look at how they're all advancing. And I really appreciated Steve, for joining us today on this podcast today. So that's all the time we have for today's show. So uh, 
Thanks, everyone, for listening and, and spending time with us. And I want to remind everyone that ConExpo ConAg Radio is brought to us by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. And we want you to stay up to date on technologies and trends impacting the construction industry by subscribing to our 365 e-newsletter. And you can do that by visiting conexpoconag.com slash subscribe. So please do that. There's great technology and information up there. So thank you for tuning in today to ConExpo ConAg Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers.